You're listening to Marketing News Canada, Canada's number one show featuring the brightest minds in marketing, PR, and digital advertising. Welcome to this special episode of Marketing News Canada. I'm your host, Jill Saskin-Gales, and today I'm joined by some of the top marketing professors and instructors in Canada. In this special episode, we will be speaking to these top instructors and hearing about what they see for the future of marketing education. First off, I'll let them introduce themselves to you. Let's go to Angel. Hello, la bienvenue. I'm Angèle Beausoleil. So happy to be part of this incredible rock star group of professors across Canada. I am a professor at the Rotman School of Management at the University of Toronto, and I teach a broad spectrum around marketing that also entails market-led innovation and designing or business design in and around customer-centered design. So that's what I teach, and I'm based in Toronto. Thank you, Angèle. And next over to Chantelle. Hi, everyone. Excited to be here. My name is Chantelle Elliott. I'm from Calgary, Alberta, and I'm a partner with a company called 321 Growth Academy. And we actually help startups and scale up companies grow through cohort based educational programs in sales and marketing. So I'm actually teaching adults, and we've worked with nearly 500 companies over the past six years, helping them get clarity on how to drive their growth through sales and marketing. Fascinating. Thank you, Chantel. And next we have Deanna. Hi, everyone. My name is Deanna Wampler, and I'm from Squamish, BC. I am an instructor for Jelly Academy, which is a seven-week marketing program. And fun fact is I taught my very first social media workshop in January 2011. And so lots has changed. (laughs) It definitely has. (laughs) Thanks, Deanna. And over to Ella. Hi, everyone. I'm Ella Varesu. I'm an associate professor of marketing at the Schulich School of Business at York University, which is also located in Toronto, Canada. Congratulations to all the winners. I'm super humbled and excited to be part of this fantastic group. And in terms of what I teach, currently I specialize in teaching social media marketing as well as digital marketing more broadly. Great. Next, we have Kylie. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me. Uh, And congrats to all the winners. My name is Kylie. I'm based in Vancouver. I run an agency called Finch Media. And I also have taught for a variety of institutions, most recently, Vancouver Community College, SFU, and Jelly Academy. I'm also the co-author of the textbook, Canadian PR for the Real World, which is used in over 30 universities and colleges across Canada. And I'm currently doing a PhD in influencer marketing at KTH Royal Institute in Stockholm, Sweden. Very interesting. Thank you. And then last but not least today, we have Stephanie. Hi, everybody. I'm Stephanie Kunar and really pleased to be on this podcast with my fellow professors and instructors here. So I teach at Langara School of Management here in Vancouver, BC. I've been teaching there for quite a while. I teach a variety of the marketing courses, intro marketing, social media, the Marcom courses, market research, probably all of the courses we have in the marketing department I've probably taught, including public relations using Kylie's textbook, which I, I love. I am also the author of a new book for students. It's called Backpack to Briefcase, and it's a student's guide to a meaningful career journey. So my, my interest is in student-to-work transition, and I also work at my own company, Perspectives Consulting, doing marketing team building and career coaching. So 
really marketing people, I guess, as well. So thank you for being here today. It's a pleasure to have you all here today. Just sum up the winners of this award for Marketing News Canada. So to start off, as I'm speaking to our top marketing professors and instructors in the country, I'd love to know what led you to become an educator? Perhaps we'll start with Angela. What led you to become an educator? Thanks, Jill. Well, I think what led me ultimately to become an educator is just a deep passion for learning. And in turn, once I learn, to teach others. And and I think this is really coupled with my affinity to be an early adopter. And and by that, I mean truly early adopting. And and I'll be uh, hinting at my age here, but from tinkering with the walkie-talkies of the 70s, literally taking it apart so that I could learn how to rebuild it and use it for new ways of communication. I also was one of the first lining up and to buy the Mac SE in the 80s to communicate graphically and visually. And then I jumped really early on in terms of social media listening and marketing in the late 90s. And I was doing what's now called netnography. And this idea of internet-based listening and marketing, of course, would really explode in the 2000s. But, but once I learned about these new technologies, what they meant in terms of how they could improve our lives, how they could improve the way we work, our processes, and ultimately how we market, really in turn guided me or enabled me to teach others and to get them as excited as I was in terms of new technologies and new ways of thinking and doing. And that was all before I formally became an educator, an academic, if you will, which I've been an instructor formally for the last 15 years, but I'd say informally probably most of my life. A common theme with many educators I speak to, yes, the informal education throughout, formal perhaps a bit later in the career. <laughs> Thank you, Angel. Yes. And how about you next, Kylie, because you're an educator. You mentioned also writing a textbook. How did you become an educator? Yeah, so I, I used to be, serve on the board of the Canadian Public Relations Society. And when SFU started their first certificate program, they reached out to board members to ask them if they would like to teach for the program. And that was the first time I'd kind of been introduced to the idea of teaching. And I did run the student portfolio at uh, CPRS. So really loved working with students, putting workshops on for students. There's a certain like passion and energy that students have for the profession that really reminds me of like why I love to do what I do. I just find so many times I can get kind of bogged down in the details or client work and, and kind of feel like, oh, I don't even know if I want to be doing this anymore. But when you look at it through students' eyes, it's really rejuvenating. And so it, it kind of makes me excited to work in this profession and realize how lucky I am. And so from SFU, just got really interested in, in teaching for a bunch of different places and, and writing the textbook with my co-author, Maurice. So that's kind of how I, I landed in teaching. Thank you for sharing that with us. How about you, Ella? What led you to become an educator? So this goes way back to grade one, to my childhood. When So when, when I started grade one, I used to line up my little toys on the bed. And when I had to do homework, I would recite everything to my toys as if I was teaching them. So that ever since then, I, I really had this passion to, to be in higher education and and yeah, it all goes back to the little stuffed animals in, in grade one, I have to say. <laughs> I love that. It was similar in my household. My brother is a teacher, but instead of stuffed animals, he lined up me. So I would get home from school and my brother would teach me every day. And that's how he ends up becoming a teacher. 
Lovely. Yeah, that, that's fair. As an only child, I, I only had my, my stuffed animals. There you go. Yeah, so. You had to make do. <laughs> and how about Stephanie? How did you become an educator? My story goes way back, but not quite as far back to grade one. But when I was in university, actually, at McMaster, I was in the MBA program and we had a professor who was teaching us the advertising course. And he was the vice president at an ad agency. And he came and it was an evening course. And it was so refreshing. I really loved hearing. I felt like I was getting the real goods from somebody in the industry. And that kind of set the bar for me or the curiosity that I, I would like to do that one day because I was on my you know journey to become a marketer. And it was after experiencing and being in the marketing field that I actually felt like I had enough experience to kind of share stories like war stories or real stories with my students. So I think that I got the idea and inspiration from Al Davies, his name was, and it was just hearing how to give feedback on a creative brief, you know, or uh, creative that the agency's showing you. And it was felt like very practical stuff. So that was my inspiration. Very nice. And how about you, Chantel? What led you to become an educator? Well, I can totally relate to Stephanie's story because I was late, late to the field of education and I don't even feel like I'm really an educator yet. Um, So I've worked in the industry as a marketing leader, primarily in the tech sector for about the last 25 years. And I really wasn't looking to be an educator, but I always loved doing coaching and facilitation work through my work with my clients. During COVID, I was running my own marketing consulting company serving tech clients. And I pursued my coaching certification during that time because I wanted to try something new. And I realized that was really what I loved to do was like teaching. And it was so closely tied to consulting and coaching and, and teaching clients. And then around the same time, a colleague of mine and and the founder of 321, Carrie Houston, kind of knocked on my door and said, hey, would you be interested in teaching a growth marketing course this fall? And I thought, sure, why not? That sounds kind of fun. (laughs) So, So I tried it and I absolutely fell in love. And then I got drawn into the other problem that we are looking to solve, which is there's a real shortage of digital marketing talent, and particularly for the tech sector. They're really struggling to hire people with the right skill set. And so Carrie and I spent the last year and a half developing a whole new boot camp program called OnRamp to help prepare students that are either new university students or career pivoters or early career marketers kind of get those digital marketing chomps. And so like Stephanie said, we bring in like expert speakers. Anyway, it's just really kind of tangible and practical and really tied to the day-to-day job of a marketer. And it's been just super, super fun. That's great. Wonderful. And how about you, Deanna? How did you become an educator? My story also, like it was most, goes way back. I actually grew up in a really big entrepreneurial family and I found myself in university getting my commerce degree in entrepreneurship and then found myself many years ago on my first mat leave around 2010 and was on that leave and surrounded by a bunch of women who couldn't afford childcare, were trying to start up their own business. And it was at that time that I started just working with some of my girlfriends and I realized that I needed to start this into my own business. And then over the next few years, I did offer some social media management. And then I realized that my passion actually was back to the entrepreneurs, really working with entrepreneurs and businesses to empower them to understand their own marketing, their own social media for various reasons. Like number one is usually money, right? They can't afford to have such a huge team. 
And so even to this day, I primarily actually work in Indigenous tourism and work with a lot of Indigenous businesses and Indigenous communities to understand social media and how to, to promote their communities and what they offer, as well as still entrepreneurs through Jelly Academy. So Very nice. And so along that note, you mentioned a kind of was born out of necessity, but helping other people in your community who are entrepreneurs build the skills they needed to grow their businesses. And so as you look ahead, you mentioned you've been doing this for a little over a decade now. What do you hope to see for the future of marketing education? What are you looking forward to seeing in the next few years? That question's interesting because I see a lot of it right now. I see the, just the ability of short-form video on social media, the ability that people are always learning and sharing right now. And I, I'm, I'm really grateful with a lot of that. We talk, you know, we talk about social media platforms just with the SEO in some of them and the ability for business and entrepreneurs to get formal education and schooling, but also learn from each other on social media and seeing more interactive courses where people can ask questions and learn at the same time, I think is really important in the future of learning social media rather than just learning from a screen of one without that back and forth communication. Yes, we do live in a very practical profession, right? So you can, of course, learn in class, but also so much learning by doing in a constantly evolving environment. Chantel, you mentioned earlier the challenge that there's a shortage of digital marketing skills in Canada and in the tech industry. And so I'm curious to know, what are you looking forward to in the future of marketing education? What's on your mind? I was thinking about this question and kind of similar to Deanna, I think it's an exciting time in the education sector right now. And I think in some ways, COVID was a little bit of a blessing, particularly for adult education is what I'm talking about, because I think it allowed people to learn new skills in a totally different way, like to, to try different things, not necessarily, you know, going down to the community college and sitting in a classroom. Like they were able to kind of use different tools online, connect with international peers and audiences, get access to experts experts throughout the world that you wouldn't normally get access to. So that excites me about education because I hope education becomes more practical, more hands-on, and even more bite-sized and kind of agile, you know, allowing it to fit into people's lives versus people having to like take two weeks off to take a course, you know? So that's where I was, I'm kind of excited about the future of, of education. It was the TikTokification of education in a way, sh- yeah. digestible and bite-sized and more widely accessible to people. <laughs> Without the compromise on quality. That's the only thing I would caveat. <laughs> ah, yes. <laughs> and that's where our esteemed panel all comes in. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. It's hard to find that balance sometimes. <laughs> yep. Yes. Ella, did you have something you wanted to add here? Oh, yeah, absolutely. First, I'd like to apologize if in the audio you hear my baby yelling in the background. (laughs) Sorry about that. He's currently having lunch and very excited. What I wanted to add is that, yes, experiential education, I see it as continuing to be important going forward. But also, thanks to the pandemic, a lot of positions have opened up internationally because companies, corporations feel more comfortable with the idea of work from home. And so I see see cross-cultural education to pay, play and these soft skills of understanding and compromising with different cultures to play an increasingly important role in higher education, especially as more individuals take up positions abroad while working in, in a different place. So I see this intercultural mingling to play an increasingly important role. And there are certain skill sets that 
will need to foster in the future workforce. Absolutely. And how about you, Stephanie? What are you looking forward to in the future of marketing education? Well, all of the the trends that have been mentioned are are great and exciting. And, you know, I think the intercultural competencies has definitely been seen in the research of what employers are looking for. So opportunities to to travel if that opens up again, field schools, but even the collaborative online international learning projects that some partnerships are happening internationally where it's an online collaboration with another school. I think we all kind of as you mentioned, it's a practical course or career that we talk about in marketing. And I love the opportunity to connect with more industry and organizations and nonprofits and have a lot more continuing to build on applied learning and classes, working with real companies on projects, guest speakers. I think all of that continues to open the eyes of our students. Like, you know, we might we might be quite comfortable with it, but I know when a guest speaker comes in, often students are saying, wow, they say the same thing you said. And I'm like, yeah, they did. <laughs> you know, but it, when it's heard from another person and an industry person, you know, if this is what it's like out there. And I like the future of like continuing to build on partnerships and more of the experiential learning. Bringing that outside into the classroom as well. Yes. And how about you, Angel? What are you looking forward to in the future of marketing education? I would absolutely build on everything everyone has said here in terms of, I think, cross-cultural, I'd say multi-generational, very broad and frankly deep in terms of education. And I'm also going to be a bit provocative to say that uh, I think we need more of a of a dual track towards education. I, I study learners. I have for the 15 years. So I have an incredible database in terms of really understanding where our learners, particularly from a, a business school perspective, has been. And, and there's danger, as so many of you likely will, will, uh, will agree. It's cautious optimism. Love being optimistic, but we have to be careful about our snacking behavior because we're developing a group of surface learners very dangerous. And so we need to really blend more surface learning with deep learning. And really to highlight and, and, and agree with all of you here in terms of the experiential is so important because we learn in so many ways. And so I, I guess I'm, I'm hoping and I'm, I'm, I'm one of many that are trying to balance, trying to balance that in classroom and outside. I'm a huge fan of field trips and truly the learning by making and communicating and also tolerance building and empathy. And, and with that, we do need to be side by side. And so this idea of hybrid is a beautiful notion of in-person and online. But then when we meet as people we have a very different type of education that we and as learners and then we as teachers are either facilitating or guiding. So I'm just going to say that I think that hopefully we, uh, and, and to Shantae's point, the COVID was a fantastic trigger to say we don't necessarily need to be the classroom teacher per se, but we can be great facilitators. And I think also teachers and professors and instructors in organizations or in, in universities and colleges, I think our role is really, has changed dramatically. I love the idea that we're curators, that we're facilitators, and we're also enabling peer-based learning. So I just think it's really exciting time. And I promote and encourage anyone and everyone to actually embrace the idea of becoming an instructor. It is, uh, to me, it's just a lifelong quest and it's a, it's a gift that just keeps on giving. 
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. In a time, of course, we mentioned before immense change in the marketing industry, but also immense change in the teaching and learning industry as well, which makes it an even more exciting time to be a marketing instructor. And to you, Kylie, what do you hope to see for the future of marketing education? Yeah, I don't have too much to add on to what my colleagues have already talked about, agree with everything that was said. I would just say that I think the future of marketing education is just going to be kind of this continuous learning. I think you know, adaptability, it is an important skill set, no matter who you are right now, but especially in marketing and communications, the technology changes, the best practices changes are happening so fast that I don't think it's, you know, you can just get a degree in marketing and then call it a day for a 30 year career, you kind of always have to be continuously learning and continuously sharpening your skills. And so I'm excited that there's just like more options than ever to be able to do that with kind of online learning and different types of learning to kind of meet students where they're at. And you mentioned, Kylie, that there are now more options than ever, which I imagine can also be overwhelming for someone who wants to get into marketing, whether it's a business owner who wants to learn to market their business, someone early in their career who wants to pursue a career as a marketer, whether a PR or digital marketing, or maybe someone who's mid-career who's looking to make a change. And so we'll start with you this time, Kylie. What would you recommend for education or training for someone who wants to get into marketing? What would you say is a good first step? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think, you know, it's going to change depending on the student and their goals and their needs and where they are at their life. So like a young person with very few responsibilities in terms of a family and a mortgage is just going to have a different path to education than maybe someone in their 30s who has children and a mortgage and is just looking to pivot their career or to add credentials to something. So, so you know, my recommendation would change a little bit depending on where they're at. But I think kind of two things that will help anyone in their career in marketing is like a foundational base of just knowing how to learn. So, you know, your kind of standard degree that helps you really think about learning and understanding different perspectives and all those great things we learn through education and then coupled with a more practical component. So, you know, maybe like a very practical hands-on 
certificate or micro credential that really teaches you how to take that learning, how to learn and that, you know, strategic thinking, applied thinking, and then use it in like practical skills. And then as uh, my colleagues mentioned, also coupling that with some real world experience, whether that's co-ops or internships or volunteerism, there's lots of different ways you can gain that experience. But just kind of doing those three things, I think sets up anyone for a great career in marketing or communications. Learning how to learn, having that good foundation, getting some specific skills in the discipline and then going out there and putting it into practice. Yes, and I'll open this up to everyone else in our panel now. What would you recommend for education or training for people who want to get into marketing? I'll jump in and just say it's an oldie but a goodie is Peter Drucker's Drucker on Marketing. Again, it could be because of the the business context in terms of business decision-making. And I think most successful organizations that don't only think I have evidence are marketers, right? So it's the marketers that are leading the way. And if we can enable all of our young learners or as executive learners at all levels to really embrace this notion of to be a good marketer is to deeply understand your market is amazing. And so I'd say almost a triangulated read sort of where it's come from in terms of, you know, Drucker in terms of history, and then also where it's going. And then triangulate it in terms of watch a TED Talk or observe something that's happening currently with one of the brands you love the most and really apply that critical thinking to go, why do you love this brand? You know, what is it about Airbnb or what is it about Shopify? Things like that, that I think that that triangulation of sort of the, the scholars, like what they know about it, and then bring in something that's really relevant and resonant to you as a future marketer. And again, really take away and be reflective of what is it about marketing. Personally, I think it is the future. It has always been. It's all about understanding your market. And so if you can be that customer-centered or employee-centered, depending on what your role is, you are set for life, in my opinion. And then, as mentioned, is that adaptive? What are the new tools along the way to get you from now to the next, you know, 20 plus years? Can I build off of that? Yes, Chantal. I love that answer, Angel, because one of the concepts that really resonated with me is the T-shaped marketer. I'm sure you guys know what this, this is, but essentially the T-shaped marketer is someone who has that strong, like if you think about the shape of a T, the top of the T is that strong business foundation, that strategy foundation. So really understanding the customers you serve, what markets and segments you're going after, what's your value proposition, how do you articulate that in your messaging, like all those kind of foundational things. And then then as marketers, we can explore different traction channels or tactics to reach our customers and sell. And that's where we explore SEO and social media and digital advertising. And those are kind of the bottom of the T. And certainly my experience in my career is having that really strong foundation in the top of the T means I can dabble in the bottom of the T in different ways, or I can choose to specialize in a particular thing that interests me in the bottom of the T. But my experience is, you know, you can't be successful as a marketer and businesses need that strong foundation and that leadership. So I would encourage any marketers, whatever program they choose, is to make sure that they're getting those fundamentals covered and that they're getting doing that deep learning and that deep work and really practicing and understanding that before diving into, you know, the social media course or the pay-per-click advertising course or all the sort of specific tactical things. Yes. And for those who are listening, there are lots of head nods going around the panel right now. So this is unanimous (laughs) advice. 
I'll jump in with the advice is to to check universities and see what they have to offer because a lot of them have courses and programs, one-year master certificates, continuing education for one year, the four-year undergrad, and increasingly some are online. Most are, are back in person, which I agree with Angel is better at team building. So there is a fine balance to strike. But at the end of the day, do look on university websites to see what kind of courses and programs are being offered. And then, of course, to start, there are a lot of podcasts out there like this one that are a good starting point and industry magazines, also online as well as in print for those that prefer that are a good starting point into the, the realm of marketing. And then the last place that I think is a really neat starting point is this online publication called The Conversation, where academics translate into smaller bite-sized stories, their, their research, their academic research publications, and publish them for the general audience. And there are a lot of, of marketing and consumer behavior topics covered in this world-spanning publication. So there's the Conversation Canada and, and Conversation UK, but that there are also others. So those would be some of the, the starting points that I recommend. Some great resources. Thank you, Ella. For someone like myself who comes from the world of like social media specific, it's been really interesting and recently doing some hiring myself, seeing that many years ago, the position of social media was so broad and a little bit of everything. And I still think it's important when getting into that education to have that kind of full picture of understanding of all of the elements, but it's okay to niche in. Me personally right now, I've become so fascinated with specifically human behavior of social media and what it's doing and how it's changing everything. So I think that understanding the education of social media, myself who teaches a course, who's constantly updating it, understanding that you're going to start learning, but it's always staying on top, like all those publications and resources that have been men mentioned. It's really important to, to continuously always learn and stay on top of things, even when your formal education may have ended. It's a constant learning. Absolutely, Deanna. And Stephanie, did you have something to add? Yeah, I was going to add that sometimes um, students aren't aware of this, but, you know, the industry associations, the marketing associations, CAMA or CPRS, these associations are very welcoming to students, right? Because they are the future members and they have events um, that students can volunteer at. There's opportunities to be on a team when they're holding a, a, you know, an event online or in person. And even if you're not sure, you can even just sign up for their newsletter and start getting information into your inbox. And sometimes it's actually jobs, um, job descriptions. And so you can get a sense of what employers are looking for before you kind of get out into the market. So I think I see that as an opportunity. And sometimes students are a little bit wary, but maybe you go with a friend to an event and look for another person standing by themselves, maybe, <laughs> and talk to them. But I think industry associations like the Canadian Marketing Association and the different chapters is, is also a way to see what's going on in the industry and build your interest as well. I'm here with the top Canadian marketing professors and instructors of 2022. And before we wrap up today, I have to ask our panelists one more very important question. What is the biggest piece of advice that you could give to students? What would you want them 
to know? Let's start with Deanna. I would definitely say networking. I think it's so important. When I teach my first class, the first thing I heavily encourage is to not only connect with myself on LinkedIn, and I always tell them I will support them and cheer them on as they share their learning journey, but also with others. And I think over the years of doing this and seeing the network of the learners of social media that I've worked with just grow and network and support each other's and all of the opportunities that come into them has been so amazing. And I think that's one of the things I'm most proud of to see their successes from from collaborating and networking with each other and others in their industry. So I definitely think that's my number one piece of advice for, for people coming into this industry. Yes, yeah, don't underestimate the power of networking. What other advice would our illustrious panel here have for students? Stephanie, yes. I loved Angel when you were talking about what brands do you love, you know, and thinking about what kind of resonates. And I'm big on, you know, really understanding yourself as well. And by understanding what brands you like, you're also kind of tuning into, you know, maybe there's some values that you align with. Maybe they're doing things good in the world. Because I think for a meaningful career, you want to add those elements too. You're going to have these amazing talents and skills you want to think about what kind of organizations that you want to align with as well. So I I think some of that is the self-reflection of what am I good at and what are my values? What do I love? But also the world needs the talents of everybody. And if you can imagine you bring your talents to a cause that you also, or an organization that is doing good things in the world, I think you will find that you'll have a very meaningful career. Well, it's like a self-marketing exercise, right? If marketing is what understanding consumers, understanding thyself as well. <laughs> Thank you, Stephanie. What other advice that our panelists have for students? Yes, Chantel. So a former teacher of mine always said, we are more ignorant than we are wise. And so my advice is stay curious. Be open to learning from the unexpected places. Remember the world is large. There's lots to learn. And just when you think you've figured it out, you'll uncover something that you're actually pretty ignorant about. <laughs> so stay curious and dive in and keep learning. Stay curious and keep learning. Absolutely. I'll build on what Chantel just said in terms of being curious. I often, when I when I face executive learners, so a lot of senior leaders, and I'm provocative, so I say, you know, you've got to stop being sort of arrogant and be more curious because uh, there's ignorance and then there's arrogance. And unfortunately, we make a lot of decisions and some that are very negatively impactful in terms of organizations when we assume we know what our customers and or target end users and market want. And so I wanted to build on that in terms of not just be curious, but be be cognitively curious. So we we also sometimes are situationally curious But then we have to be courageous and curious, to be curious about more things broadly. And exactly as Chantal said, you know, really to put yourself out there, which does take courage to discover something new, discover something about yourself, as Stephanie mentioned as well, and to ask, ask bold questions. You know, we we are a society that need to ask, actually ask more questions than suggest we have answers to. And again, the modeling behavior that especially those starting in marketing or halfway through, but just to rekindle the, that curiosity, which sometimes is expressed through asking questions and observing, is really powerful. So, so to develop those, those competencies and behaviors around curiosity, some of the ways you do that is by truly being that beginner's mindset mentioned a little earlier, fresh, fresh eyes. And I'd say also bold, bold questions or question the status quo. 
Yes, especially as a student, right? When everything is brand new and bright, that's the time to ask all the questions and to absorb as much as possible. What about you, Kylie? What advice would you have for students? Yeah, I mean, the, the what's been suggested already is so great. And just to kind of build on it, I would say also be engaged. I've been doing this now for a long time. When I started, I was like the cool young teacher. And over time, my coolness factor has definitely faded. But I found that like my students who tend to have done the best in their careers are the ones who from day one were you know, joining the industry associations like CPRS and IABC, who both have great student rates, who were going to the events, who were booking information interviews with me and any guest speakers we had, who were volunteering to do marketing and communications for organizations that they were passionate about, who were doing marketing and communications and taking what we were learning in class and doing it for friends and family if they wrote a book or opened a small business. So, you know, being engaged and looking for those opportunities to uh, enhance your skills beyond just what's being taught in the classroom and to, as Deanna said, make those connections is just so valuable. Ella, what advice would you have for students? Oh, my advice would be to take the time to celebrate even the smallest wins and the smallest victories, because often we find ourselves in in a race to do the the next thing, to go on to the next thing. And, And we often forget to take the time to just say, wow, I did this. I accomplished this small thing. I'm excited about what what comes next. So that would be my my one piece of advice to slow down a little bit and and enjoy the, the the journey a little bit more than our society currently does. Well, thank you again to Angel, Chantel, Deanna, Ella, Kylie, and Stephanie, some of Marketing News Canada's top Canadian marketing professors and instructors of 2022. Congratulations on your well-earned recognition. I'm your host, Jill Saskin-Gales, and we'll see you next time on Marketing News Canada. Thanks for listening to Marketing News Canada. For more episodes and other great stories from Canadian marketers, visit marketingnewscanada.com. All episodes are recorded in the Jelly Marketing Studio thanks to our producer, Chris Penner, and editors Travis Jeffers and The Podfather. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc at parker our purpose is simple we want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently by using more sustainable practices by developing better technologies we keep moving forward with each new idea innovation and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, 
visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.